You're listening to the Passion Daily Podcast, part of the Passion Podcast Network. Today's short scripture reflection comes from pastor of Shoreline City Church, Earl McClellan. with me if you have your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 4. The title of today's talk is Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? 2 Samuel chapter 4. As you're turning there, let me set the scene for you for just a moment. Uh, King David has now is about to be uh, put in charge. He, in, in chapter 5, he, he kind of takes over everything. So the, the moment is coming where David is going to be crowned king of Israel. Now, there was another king before David. Some of you uh, Bible nerds, you know this. His name was Saul. Saul was the first king of Israel. And Saul had a son named Jonathan. So Saul, Jonathan. Saul was actually trying to kill David for a lot of his life. And Jonathan and David actually ended up being best friends. But one day, King Saul and his son Jonathan, they're both killed in battle. Now, David was the one God picked to be the next king. But but not everybody knows that. And here in 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse number 4, we're going to take a sneak peek at a story that I think you'll be able to find yourself in as I found myself in. And I think we can definitely find our world in and all move forward to be who God is calling us to be. Second Samuel chapter four, verse number four, Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. Remember, Saul and Jonathan died. His nurse picked him up and fled But as she hurried to leave, he fell and became disabled. His name was Mephibosheth. That name's a mouthful, but but his name and this story is a very, very important one. Again, Saul and Jonathan are in battle. They they die in battle. And, And this nurse who's taking care of essentially the grandson of the king, the one who's in line for the throne. Those of you who are Game of Thrones fans, you will totally get this. Uh, She finds out that they're dead and she knows that someone's going to come and try to kill this Mephibosheth, this young boy. He's only five years old, but somebody's going to try to take his life uh, because he's in line for the throne. So she picks him up in a haste and begins to run as fast as she can to bring him to safety. I don't know what she trips over. I don't know what she stumbles upon. I have no idea. But what I do know is something tragic in that moment happens something uh, that changes a little boy's life forever she trips and she falls and when she drops him he becomes disabled lame in both of his feet um, when whenever something like this happens you know there's always a reason right that like there's always a story behind somebody's situation it's not everybody's just evil and mean and why they end up where that they end up whether uh it's a situation in a marriage or a situation with a friend or even how some of us interact with people it's not like we just 
stumbled into that. There's a reason that we end up where we are. Your reason maybe for not trusting men is not because you hate them, just because they're men. Maybe it's because you were abused by every single man in your life. Maybe, maybe the, the co-worker that you have that, that never seems to stop and seems to be really, really hyper and really overbearing and they just seem to be too into it and they're just really, really aggressive and they just seem to be a workaholic. It looks as if they don't care about their family, but maybe it's not they don't care about their family. Maybe they were raised in a home where they didn't have a roof over their head and they weren't sure where the next meal was coming from. So they don't ever want their kids or their family to experience that pain. And the only way they know to get out of that cycle is to work harder than everybody else is working. Maybe some of the people that you and I see on the news Maybe some people that we would look at and go, oh man, look at them in that gang. Uh, uh, they just must love being a criminal. Maybe, maybe their family dropped them. Maybe the, the gang was the only one that would accept them and, and, and bring them in. And, and they don't love crime, but they love family. Maybe the reason your friend or my friend or that coworker of yours just keeps on drinking and keeps on doing drugs is not because they're just inherently evil and they just don't like people and they can't stand you. Maybe they're trying to numb some pain on the inside of them from a decision from years ago that they've been trying to erase from their memory, but they can't erase. And every time they close their eyes to go to sleep at night, that same situation keeps running through their brain. So the only way they know to get a good night's sleep is to do another line. Or drink another bottle. Friends, I'm not trying to excuse people's behavior at all. Don't get me wrong. I'm just trying to say there's a story. I'm just trying to say, can we please uh, stop thinking we know someone just from the first minute we meet them? Maybe you would meet Mephibosheth and in the first five minutes, you might come up with some idea of how he ended up where he ended up. You would not know that someone who actually cared for him, someone who was trying to help him, picked him up, trying to bring him to safety and accidentally falls in one moment. This young boy's life has changed forever. A five-year-old that's skipping around and doing things that five-year-olds do. We've got a five-year-old, my wife and I. It's absolute pandemonium. The energy lasts forever and ever and ever. I I'm one of those parents that are like, hey, give him a little Benadryl. It'll be okay. Kidding, 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 kidding. You, you got this kid who's just going and running and jumping and playing. And in one moment, Mephibosheth goes from playing to paraplegic. You know, like I know, it just takes one moment for your life to be turned upside down. It just takes one moment. It takes one phone call. It takes one DM. My wife and I felt this a number of months ago when our oldest son was playing a basketball game and just goes up to tip the ball and his legs come out from underneath him and he lands head first on the floor. And he's laying there, still and not moving. The agony 
that goes to your heart in that moment. It just takes one moment. It takes one ball going the wrong direction. It takes one text, one DM, one doctor's visit, one, one, one uh, email that you see on your husband's computer, one friend of yours that talks about you behind your back or doesn't stand up for you the way you'd like for them to. And your name is on their lips and they're not saying good things about you. They're actually tearing you down. It just takes one encounter like that to take your world and turn it upside down where you think you're going one direction and now you're on a totally different trajectory it just takes one moment but the great thing about our God man I love this about him the great thing about our glorious king is he's also able to take one moment and turn it around for his glory that he's able to take one moment of grace and one slice of mercy and once you and I taste of that you and I go from lost to found you and I go from blind to seeing you and I go from dead to alive we don't just go from bad to good my friends we come alive in Jesus Christ it just takes one moment and today might be your one moment. Today's your one moment to taste the goodness and the grace and the mercy and the love and the truth and the faithfulness and the hope of Almighty God. That God in heaven does not have his arms crossed looking at you with a scowl. As a matter of fact, his arms are open wide. The cross already proves it. And today can be your one moment where you say, Jesus, you can have all of me. I don't want to be lost anymore. I don't want to be dead in my trespasses and my sins. I want to come alive in you, oh God. Today can be your one moment. It just takes one moment. You don't have to know how to pray. You don't have to have it all together. You don't even have to know where Samuel is in the Bible. All you got to know is that Jesus was born and he died and he rose again. And this glorious Savior of ours is coming again on a cloud of glory. Going to have a tattoo on his thigh, robe dripped in blood. I'm telling you, this man is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and he's for you. It's for you. Thanks again for listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. And don't forget to go and subscribe to the Passion City Church and Passion City Church DC podcasts for our full messages every week.